Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Want you to feel control in your mind. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Hello. Hi, Karen. How you doing? A little better. Oh, um, good. Yeah, I sat, I sat up in a chair for four hours. That was a lot. Um, so, are you recording tonight for a reason? Yeah, I am. So someone okay. can't come in and say that I said something and that, you know, make up more oh. lives than me and say that I said this, that, and the other when I definitely did not. And oh, I said, okay. well, said, this way I have it on tape. And if they want to come in and do weird things again, they'll be on recording. I gotcha. So um, no special guest or anything, huh? Not tonight, no. She's coming on the 4th of August. We're going to have... Um, uh, Jami, however you say her name, Jami or Jami, uh, come on and talk about remote body modification. And she wants us to have the call um, as if someone might be listening who doesn't know anything about what our stuff is. So she wants yeah. me to um, introduce the whole program basically briefly before we start. When is that going to be? The 4th of August. Oh, fourth? Okay. I think it's a Thursday. I'm not positive. I'll try to remember. Uh, It's a Tuesday, it looks like. Wait a minute. What month am I looking at here? August. It's a Tuesday, next Tuesday, I guess. Okay. Good. So what else is going on? Not much. How about you? Well, lots of stuff with me. 
Well, it's just up with me, but I don't know about anything in the group that's new. Oh, right. Uh-huh. You're moving and everything, right? You're still doing that? Yeah. I'm still recovering from last weekend. I still have a, you know, aches and pains and from lifting, and I'm kind of waiting. I'm not going to move again this weekend too much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't strain yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Over the top, lifting and lugging and if I don't lift and lug, then I watch them muscle things around and Break rattle things. things around. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> scratch and kind of mutilate things a little more accidentally, and so it's always kind of a headache. I know. Moving really is a big deal. And I've yeah, been there a long time and moved down from a bigger place into that place, and there's just so much junk, it's unbelievable. Uh-huh. I totally understand. Yeah, I'm thinking about sending out my belongings again. But, you know, on the positive side, when you have stacks of books that are three feet thick, that's a really good shield. <laughs> you know, stacks of paintings, really good shield. <laughs> I think it is. I used my Bible to cover my head at one point in time, and it actually worked. Uh-huh opened it up and set it open on my head and it blocked whatever huh. it was coming in. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not really in a hurry to get rid of everything because they really do help the sh- shielding, you know. The more stuff you have piled up around you, the thicker the walls are. I guess if, you know, that works. Oh, wait a minute. I muted the wrong person. If that works, yeah. Whatever works is what I say, you know. That's right. Whatever I'm not works. sure what does, actually, at this point. I think you'd have to line your attic, like, what's your name doing? Um, oh, yeah. My case was coming through the attic, you know, it's coming through the ceiling in various yeah. points. And that's a lot of money to line an attic, so. Right. Well, no, that's, they go through the thinnest points that there are. So if you don't have big storage units upstairs covering you. They'll just go through the roof, go through the wall, I think they go through the roof anyway, even if you're in a stack and pack them apartment. Yeah. Let's say hi to some of the other folks that wandered on. There's um, okay. West Oklahoma, East Virginia, Central Michigan. Hi, you guys. Hello. Oklahoma, Virginia, Michigan. Are you there? Welcome. Hello. Hi, who's this? Hello? That was me. Oh, that was you? Yeah, it was me again. I was saying hi to the new people. Okay, well, they're not talking right now. Maybe they're listening to Joe's call or something. I got the book in the mail. Well, I got it a while ago, but Mom had shuffled it in with all her papers on the on the table along with uh, collating 2015 and with 50-year-old paperwork, more of that going on, and the checkbook disappeared again. So <laughs> I found my book is the good news, looking for her checkbook, and it's the Angels Don't Play This Heart book. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's another Nick Baggage book, yeah. Is that Yeah, he wrote this. I really like his research. It's um, yeah. amazingly interesting. Yeah. He knows a lot about it, and he can, you know, he shares the correct terminology for that science. 
Dr. Dr. Patrick Flanagan and Dr. Gail Crystal Flanagan, Sedona, Arizona, uh, wrote the foreword to this book, and they said, Nick Begich is one of the best research I have ever met. He can track down infinite details on virtually any subject in record time. Give him a string, and he will follow it into the depth. He knows how to use the system to track down information. Yeah. Nick is a master of the skill each of us is taught in school. The purpose of education is to teach us how to follow our interests. We learn how to find information that will help us in our life's vocation. Uh-huh. In the case of Harp, he saw a tiny one-paragraph notice on the project in Nexus magazine. It piqued his curiosity, so he applied his skills in tracking down the rest of the story. He got 90% of the information within a few hours. He found layers of deception at every level. Healing the data like layers of an onion, he opened new insights with each peel. The 10% that was left over was found over the following month. As he unraveled the Gordian knot of the Gordian knot, whatever that is, of the Harp Project, he uncovered a megalithic. Hang on a minute. A megalithic project that, if implemented, could profoundly affect the lives of every person on Earth. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's it. There you go. I've been saying that. I think a harp has a lot to do with the behavior changes we're seeing around us. I totally Yeah. Yeah. So many people all at the same time acting goofy. It just doesn't add up to anything but mass mind influencing of some sort. So I'm going to read this book, and I'll repeat it to you after I digest it. What I find out, it's uh, he just is such a good researcher and such a good writer. Yeah, and you know, I actually um, uh, listened to him on Coast to Coast like at least two or three times, maybe three times now, at least two times, and he is a really good guest. He's very well-spoken. Um, he is n- not emotional about it. He's just really factual, very clear, and he explains, you know, deep scientific ideas with a simplicity that most anybody can understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he puts it in words that are understandable. So he introduces you to the really complex level of stuff and brings it down to a level we can get it, you know. I appreciate that yeah. so much. He's an intelligent oh. person to do that too. Very, very intelligent. Maybe you could get him on uh on your talk, you know. God, that would be awesome if he'd come that on a call and chat awesome. about what he knows. Yeah. Or I've never maybe heard he, it. Uh, huh? I just had a, another thought as maybe uh you could get the recording off of the uh web of him and play that. Well, my you know, the best way to play it is through Skype. People can really hear it. But every time I try to use Skype, they steal my money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're supposed to get so many hours, like 0.02 cents an hour, which is, I guess that works out to two cents an hour or something. And I put in $10, and in five hours it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe even if it was two cents a minute, it would be... Sixty-five dollar twenty a minute, or dollar twenty an hour. Yeah. It still should have been five hours. It should that should have just been um, six minutes or yeah. six dollars. And I should have had four dollars left. The entire ten dollar deposit I made was gone, gone, gone. And I have all these people wanting to befriend me on Skype, and I'm looking at them. One guy was a professor of neuroscience at some hokey-looking university, little paper. 
um, thing on the wall, stapled to the wall that said University of Neuroscience, blah, 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 or something. It looked real hokey. Big, fat, sloppy-looking dude. He <laughs> oh, wanted uh-huh. to befriend me on Skype. Yeah, along with a bunch of other people I'd never seen, probably the hackers. Oh, you mean because of your touch, talk shoe Skyping? Because no. I don't... Yeah, yeah, that was... I don't know how they got on there, but they got on there. Somebody got your number, probably, and then they just kind of... Yeah, because I don't get any of that. I don't... And I hardly ever use my Skype. I have it, but I never use it. So I don't get any invitations. <laughs> Somebody want to invite me? I'll talk to you. No, I. Uh, I don't. That's why I don't get on like Twitter or Facebook. You never know, you know, who people are following you. They are. Well, it's probably they. From what I read from Brian Two's last um, email. He sent me there is uh, most TI's Facebook pages are TIA um, Facebook pages. Basically, they've taken over most of our Facebooks. He says that's what I thought. I that's what I heard. Uh, yeah. Okay. But he thinks everything is CIA, and not everything is CIA. Not everything. There's too many agencies out there competing. And I won't go any further. Yeah, well, um, you probably should, but if you don't want to, that's fine. No, because I'm just getting over my last round of attacks yesterday and last night. So, um, but just trust me, it's more than just CIA. Corporations, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, you got, oh, gosh, the worldwide, worldwide thing. Everybody can pay for anything now. Yeah, that's kind of what I was reading in something somewhere was that with the advent of the commercialism we've got going on, the rent-a-satellite or whatever, rent-and-abuse type, situation is readily available. It's right for abuse because it's covert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's no real oversight. So exactly. people are getting away with crazy stuff that you never would have gotten away with before. Or they did, but it was like not as widespread, you know. I'm sure it was by design all set up that way. Layers upon layers of deception. It's amazing the more you start looking into things. that Just watching TV is a study in deception. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I don't believe much of anything on TV. They were showing some disaster like it was real, and it looked like a drill. It looked like actors. Hmm. Yeah. Some funky news station. I don't know. I don't even hardly pay attention. Now they're dumping tons of water on um, San Bernardino. It's like giant uh, hail-sized, pea-sized water downpour um, in an amazing downpouring of, you know, flash flooding type of stuff. Oh. Yeah. So it's like drought or flood. 
nothing what they do is they dry everything out. This has been a pattern in California my entire life. They dry everything way out. We thought we've always had to draw it one way or the other. And then everything's all dry. And now they're EMFing the <clears throat> wildlife and the trees and the bushes and all that. They're actually screaming with signal and they're dead, dead, dead. And about a third of everything I saw out by where I was living, taking a walk in the wilderness, about a third of all the trees <clears throat> on the hills were dead. And along my walk, there was a whole bunch of dead, dead, dead stuff, and it was screaming with signal. The roots and the plant and the trees that were dead, screaming, screaming, screaming. So I don't know what the signal was, but they were obviously deliberately cooked so that they would burn real well, so that they could, you know, burn, they burn everything here every year, and then there's no roots to um, hold the dirt in place, and then they flood like crazy. We had a, a friend that lived kind of on the foothills, kind of at the base of the foothills, and when I was about 15, they had a same thing happen and a big downpour, and they had a mudslide. <laughs> they looked out their living room window, and they saw this wall of mud, kind of, I mean, literally six feet tall, come at them and fill the house up with mud and go into the backyard and fill the pool up with mud. Oh. Well. Yeah. Um, you know what? The, all this energy is, uh, besides genetic experimentation, the secret experiments where they're combining species, which is a horrible abomination of its own, but I saw, uh, I saw a news piece about how the snake had grown legs. And How what? How what? Can you say that again? A snake with little legs on it. Yeah. And, um, they said, you know, because, you know, snakes don't have legs. Or lizards do, and they're sort of related, but they're not the same. Well, yesterday um, I was coming back from the store, and there was a snake with tiny little legs near my step. How many and legs it, did it have? Just four it, or a bunch of them? Four. Yeah, it had four, but they were so tiny compared to the size of the body that they were like, Almost like a secondary appendage, like. So they're they're um, bioengineering snakes with legs. How nice. Well, now I was wondering. Okay, that could be. Yeah, that could be. But I'm wondering if all the radiation around us is mutating the wildlife. I doubt it, or we'd have babies being born mutated. Big we time. might have. Yeah, but we might have babies mutated. We don't hear about. Somebody needs to Google that. Yeah. Our birth defects, uh, our birth defects on the rise due to Fukushima. Yeah. Well, I I can't say for sure, and I got to do some more research. But it didn't just look like a gecko, because you know lizards and geckos have a different kind of skin, like a little bumpy, a little more you know salamanderish. You know. This thing was striped. And um, like really dark and light stripes, and I didn't disturb it. He was eating a bug, you know. He was doing what? Was it black I, and white? Was it black? Uh, yeah, real black and real white. It's probably a king snake. They they kill rattlers. They're really good to have around. Yeah. Well, this one had tiny four tiny skinny legs sticking out. And I was like, wow, that was weird. So I have to do some research and make sure I'm not just going off on a theory that's not true. 
I want to make sure that maybe there is a species of salamander or something that's striped like that. He was eating a beetle, and he had a big beetle in his mouth like a snake. You know, opened up. The jaw was extended. You know how some snakes have, like, a, a flexible jaw so yeah. they can uh, get around their prey? So they, they can open it wide enough to swallow their prey. Right, oh. right. Yeah, so this one, it had a flexible jaw like a snake would. And so I... Like I said, I gotta look it. Up. I gotta look it up. Make sure. Was it bright, brilliant white, and dark, brilliant black? Uh, the white. I can't remember how bright the white. King, king snakes kind of have diamond shape. Uh, they, you know, a lot of people think they're rattlers, but their colors are brilliant. You know, it's a brilliant white and a brilliant black. And it's some it's, kind of pattern. It's like checkers or diamond shapes, but it's definitely not a rattler. No, I know what rattlers look like, and I know what diamondback looks like. This was stripes, definite stripes, bands, like, you know, going... How around. how thick were the stripes? Uh, probably, okay, the whole snake or serpent, whatever it was, was maybe nine inches long, so it wasn't real big. Uh, but, you know, n- nine inches is big for a salamander. And then the stripes on it were maybe half an inch or an inch. So it was only, how long did you say? 12 inches? About nine or, about maybe seven to nine inches long. Okay. Yeah, so it's bigger than a, bigger than a gecko. I'm, you know, I've never seen a gecko that big. That's a big, that's a tiny little snake though. A small snake. It could have been a baby, you know. Could have, yeah, certainly. Or a large salamander. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That so I got to look it up. I don't know all the species, you know. Well, is there any water near where you saw the snake, or no? Uh, we've got vegetation, you know. We've been, we've gotten a little rain lately, you know. Maybe we usually don't see salamanders unless there's water nearby, right? Yeah, well, we have some foliage, you know. They like to hang out under the bushes here. And uh, anyway, no, I'll just I'll look into it. You know, nothing else to discuss about it. Yeah, I was taking a hike with the dogs one day, and there was a six-foot snake stretched across the uh, trail. And the dogs ran up to sniff it, and I yelled, "No, no, 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 no! Get back here! Get back here!" And they all stopped. <laughs> with her. Oh. It's a big um, gopher snake uh, basking in the sun, but it was huge. Never seen a six-foot snake before. It was fine. It left us alone, but it was, I took a picture. Yeah. Sent it to the school because it was right outside the high school where they make the kids do their track running out in the <clears throat> wilderness, which I always thought was a bad idea because they've got poison oak and all kinds of other stuff out there. Uh-huh. Yeah, even if it was a safe snake, it's probably not a good idea for the dogs to get, you know, used to sniffing them out. Might sniff out the wrong but yeah, I don't. You can never be sure, and that's all you need is another $300 vet bill and a sick dog. $400 oh. oh. vet bill. Yeah. Or $1,200 vet bill. Been there, done that. Mm-hmm.
Well, you know, what else came to my mind, and this is more of a biblical thing, is that, okay, remember the story of the Garden of Eden? Well, the snake was bad, so God took his legs away. So maybe they're engineering snakes to have legs, like claiming them back again. You know, to reverse the biblical story. Hi. Are you on? How many people you got on tonight, Karen? Yeah, I'm on. This is Thursday. Thursday, yeah. How many people you got tonight? Um, four, five so far. Oh, it's kind of early. I guess that's the reason why. Later on, when people get on, would you mind getting on the topic of police giving people falsified tickets? See what we can work out on that one. What? They defended themselves against policemen who falsified tickets. Well, who's making that noise? Please stop. I don't know. I don't know. There's always got that crack, cracky. He's always doing that. He is. All right, go ahead. I'll mute the room for you, and then you can talk. Go ahead. Later on, when we got more people, I would like to hear people talk about getting falsified police tickets. Tell what they got it for, how they defended themselves, what happened. Um, I've talked with Derek, and we're trying to work out our defenses again. I'm trying to work out set up defenses against policemen who give false tickets, who lie, who you know really crucify our TIs. You and know, I, you might find if you go to the top, um, you go to the head of the police force and <clears throat> talk yeah. to them privately. Talk to the secretary of the head of the entire police force or sheriff department, whatever it is, and explain that um, this has been going on and you'd like to write a complaint about it, they will probably tell you they don't know anything about it because nothing seems to ever reach the top. I would never do that. Never in a million Well, anyway, um, the thing is, once you take it to the top, um, it's pretty much a done deal. In other words, they're not aware of what the little guy's doing and they're not always complicit. Um, So they might be surprised to find out certain things are being done that they wasn't reported to them. You'd be surprised. Well, they know. They know. They've been doing it for years. But you you and I grew up in a different time. People had some morals and feelings and you could go to the top and you could get something done then. But this is a whole different world and a whole different ball game. And it's a part of the setup of Homeland Security and whatever else they're working into, crazy stuff that they're doing today on us. Now, Alice, you were just talking about this before you got on, or I don't know if you were listening or not. It's got to be harp affecting so many people to act so goofy. It's so antithetical to human behavior for people to obsessively, compulsively chase other people around and harass them and the stuff they do. I mean, it's it's beyond um, normal. Let's just put it that way. And it has to be some kind of mass mind control or something like harp. It really does. And I just got the book, Angels Don't Play This Harp, and I'm going to read about it and tell you guys all about it when I learn. Also, it's echoing, so slow down and, and let me hear you. You just got what? 
a heart machine. You've heard of the high uh, frequency astral auroral research project. It's HARP, H-A-A-R-P. And it, it's bouncing out, it's bouncing huge amounts of energy off of the ionosphere back down onto the earth and they can hit stuff with pinpoint accuracy. So this is what they claim and this is what we know so far. We don't know a lot of the details, well, but that's the purpose of it. So they back in 2000 and whenever he wrote his book, Seven, I think, they were able to... Uh, Beam this mind control technology stuff off the ionosphere and cover half of a continent. And that was eight years ago, so maybe they can cover an entire continent now. I don't know. But the point is is that they've already admitted that's kind of what's going on there, and it makes a lot of sense as to why um, people are acting the way they do. It just isn't normal that people would do the stuff they do. Well, I, some of it, but it's just it's been reported, I mean, like that 60 Minutes program of Homeland Security who works directly with the cops and with the sheriff's department, and they just showed them working hand-in-hand going after citizens. And Leslie Stahl was furious when she talked to the director of Homeland Security. She was really trying to get answers on him, and he wouldn't even look at her. He wouldn't raise his eyes up and look at her. He just, she said, Leslie Stahl, you said, that was the reporter that was making the newscast? Yes, it was 60 minutes about a month ago or more. And she was interviewing the director of Homeland Security about what he's doing. And he wouldn't even answer her. He wouldn't look at her. He wouldn't even raise his eyes up at her. And she said, what is this all about? He was trying to get in. I said, I am so mad. Those damn fools next door are filling up my townhouse with a morning. Yeah, I know. We've, we've heard this. We've heard your story. The, Virginia, I wish there was something okay. I could do. Yes, because I'm sitting here getting sick. But anyway, she yeah, I know. trying to get answers out of the director. Because he wouldn't even look at her. And he just sort of was pouty and pretended she didn't exist. And... And then she said, one, one statement she said was, well, sometimes you have to make decisions about killing people. And he said, yeah, sometimes I have 30 seconds to make the decision. Didn't even phase him. And then he ended up with going down the road, policemen shaking hands with them all, and then going down the road, sheriff's deputies and shaking hands with them all. And he was telling everybody, we're all working together, hand in hand. Against citizens, well, God, citizens don't stand a chance. I'm curious to find out what's happened with a lot of people who have received tickets and knew that the policeman lied and faked it. And and I want to know when they went to court what happened and how they feel about it. I'm so mad I'm ready to run an ad in the newspaper and say I want to hear from everybody that feels that they were given the wrong ticket and wrong conviction. But you don't stand a chance against them in the court. That's a joke. I think you're right. You know, in Seattle, in Seattle, they don't even, in that old town where I used to go, they don't even, the cops don't even come to court. They just write out an affidavit and give it to the judge. They're not even required to come to court. I 
could not believe it. But then this cop fakes something against me. taking a soul charge against me if this girl there said who set it up with that old priest and his brother. And luckily she's a nice judge. And I went to court and I said, this policeman was called by these two cronies who are ex-Navy people and was ex-Marine, was ex-Navy. I said, and the policeman told me flat out, I know you didn't assault this woman, but I'm going to charge her with it anyway. And luckily the judge knew me and she was she's a nice lady. And so she just finally made the, she made the final decision and said, this is my discretionary decision that this person is innocent. And some other statement, that was it. She definitely did not accept what he said. And that's really rare to go against a cop in a town where you know them all. Yeah. You want to hear something trippy? Yeah. You guys aren't going to believe this. Um, when I get near the window and the light hits my glasses a certain way, it reflects my pupil back onto the front of the inside of my glasses. And I can see... My people have to stare at it for a while with this light. I can see the little bits of dust and stuff every time my tears wash over it. You know, I can see the bits of dust kind of float over the eye, which is typical. And then occasionally inside the pupil, I see a segmented microtube with a hole in it that floats what? around in there occasionally. Yeah, yeah. And I had looked up, I don't know if it's a hologram or it's real, but I looked up a long time ago seeing through other people's eyes, you know, and they showed these millions. They showed how they put this little um, implant in you, and you'll wake up with little scabs on the top of your eyebrows, and I sure enough woke up with those, and they kind of blend in with your eyebrows. They're the same width and color of your eyebrows, and you try to scratch them off, and they don't scratch off too easy. I still have scars there where they were there today. And they said that what they're doing is putting implants in there, and they turn into these little segmented microtubule things that go from the eyebrow area and grow down to the ocular nerve or the retina I part of your eye. Is it like a hard spot in your eyebrow? No, no, no. You can't feel it. You can only see it. And I only see it when the light hits my glasses a certain way and reflects onto the um, the, the picture. It, I guess it bounces the light that's coming through the window above. It's only certain angles when the light's at certain angles because right now I can't see it. It went away. But when it's just at the right angle, it comes through the big tall window above me and it shines onto the lens which bounces onto the eye and projects the image of the eye onto the glass. And I'm sitting here and I noticed it several times and I noticed this worm-like thing and I thought, oh, that's nothing. And then the second time I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of that picture I saw where they showed what implants they can put over your eyebrow, which they did to me. And they turn into millions of little microtubules that grow from the top of the eyebrow into the brain from the top. And then from below, they grow into the um, retina area of your eye where they can, I guess, send the signal, uh, observe what you're looking at or something, see through your eyes. I mean, that's what I looked up, see through the eyes technology. <clears throat> I saw a picture of that, and I forgot all about it until I saw this little microtubule. First, I was like, oh, my God, I have a worm in my eye. And then it turned its little head towards so I could see it, and it was hollow on the inside. And I remembered that picture I saw of 
looking through people's eyes and the technology and the implants and blah, blah, blah. A long time ago, I saw that picture a year and a half ago and forgot about it because it was too creepy for words. And so I'm not sure if what I'm looking at is real or if it's maybe a hologram or something, but this is like the third or fourth time when the light was just perfect I could see it. So I just thought I'd share that with you that, you know, I don't really know if that's true or not, but that they can do that, but I've got the scars to show for it above my eyebrows, and I had the exact same thing that was described on the Internet. Maybe they send those things, so I'll read them or something, probably, huh? And then... um. It looks just like what the picture showed, little tiny tubules, segmented, like little teeny tiny. And it's because it's magnified and it's on the front of my, inside of my glasses, I can kind of, if I stare long enough, I can make out what the little pieces of dust floating across the eye and the tears, you know. Every time you blink, you get new tears and it washes away the dust. I can actually see that happening. And when I blink, I can see myself blink and I can see the tears washing all the dust on the surface and then behind the pupil, there's this worm in what's called the vitreous humor. That's the uh, gooey, clear stuff that's on the inside of your eyeball. So this thing is growing inside the eyeball from the eyebrow. I don't know how it would do that. Either that or it's a hologram. And the picture I saw on the Internet was possibly just BS. You know, I have no idea. It's kind of a cool phenomenon, don't you think? I do. Anyway, I'm not going to get, I don't try not to get too upset about things because, you know, who the heck knows what it really is or if it even is real. So I'm going to unmute some of these other people. I muted them so you could talk. Central Michigan, are you there? California, are you there? New York, are you there? Hi, Karen. How are you? Who's this? This is uh, Mary in Central Michigan. Hi, Mary in Central Michigan. How are you? Oh, um, I must be very important. I'm getting hit 24-7. Oh, I'm sorry. What kind of um, targeting are you experiencing? Is it blunt force? Is it burning? Is it cuts? Is it being cooked? Oh, it's like being cooked 24-7. They have... Two two pairs. I had a pair of uh, heavy-duty rubber gloves on, and I had a pair of leather gloves over that, and they burned at both tops of my hands, just circles, little tiny circles and bigger circles, like with a starburst uh, around them. Just burned the hell out of them. Okay, do you have a camera? You need to take pictures of that. At some point in time, we might actually get retro. We might get compensation for this nonsense. So take pictures of everything, okay? Yeah. Carry that camera with you 24-7, and no matter what it is, take pictures. Just take pictures, take pictures. This may all come to light someday. We want every single thing done to us documented. Do they um, burn you like that? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get the white spots, you know, and Dr. Hall says that's microwave. He said if your nose is runny and you got white spots, it's probably microwave. And I literally, after going outside, my legs are just covered in white spots, and they all go away. So they're not they're not Vitalia or anything like that because they go away and they tan over and they flake off. It's just stuff hitting me. Well, 
I took quite a while ago. I took a black light and looked at my face, and there yep. was the white spots, like white circles, on my chin, on my cheeks, uh, different places. And I think it's my opinion that a lot of this stuff, they're, they're markings. They're markings, so they can hit a target. Okay, Mary, this is the deal. This is what I truly think, because they're doing all this weird mutilation to me, too. I think that all of this is reversible, and we ha- we can't get too upset about it because we'll be pondering our wounds to ever just take a picture of it and apply whatever kind of first aid you would to any other injury and deal with it one step at a time and put it out of your head, okay? Because it isn't necessarily a permanent thing, what they're doing. It can be reversed, and they can reverse it. And if they stop doing it, it can heal itself. Okay, so I want you to relax about it. I know it's scary being mutilated and being turned looking like a different person, but it, it a lot of it is reversible. Well, did you, uh, by some chance, order that book that I told you about, uh, do you t- do you want to stick your head in a microwave oven? Is that the name of it? Uh, would you put your head in a microwave oven? It's from uh, Lex EMF. Remember, I I told you about the toys. Oh yeah. No, I didn't order it yet. Did you order it? Well, yeah. It it has. Uh, There um illustrations in that book taken from the uh, U.S. Air Force Radiation Research Lab exactly where radiation targets us and what organs they target first and what's less and what's more. And it's, a, it's just a, a very informative book about what radiation causes, um, just, you wouldn't believe what it caused. You'd have to read the book to understand it. Well, I'll order it then. Pardon me? I'll order it then. It's that good. Uh, I like to learn new things. Yeah, it it was so, it it answered a lot of questions for me. Like, if you're getting, I have some cysts uh, that I had a test taken by the doctor that I told her where I was getting hit. And I have some cysts there. Where in that book, it said, when they hit you, and they uh, deep down, tissue uh, forms a cyst. Yeah, it can. Or it can just liquefy. It can liquefy the tissue below below the dermal layer all the way to the bone. They did that with me on the finger. I still have a scar from it. Yeah, it can, well, it can can liquefy into a cyst, and those are exactly where I got my cysts. See, it answers a lot of questions for me. I think it's very informative. 
for a moderator to have this book um, because there's so many people getting cooked. Yeah, I'm going to look this up. Let's see. Let's see all the books on one page. All right. Architectural Electromagnetic Shield Shielding Handbook. Basic Introduction to Bioelectromagnetic, Bioeffects and Therapeutic Applications of Electromagnetic Energy, Bioengineering and Biophysical Aspects of Electromagnetic Fields, Biological and Medical Aspects of Electromagnetic Fields, The Body Electric, Bulletin 56, Questions and Answers about the Biological Effects and Potential Hazards, Evaluating Compliance with FCC Guidelines, Cell Phones and the Dark Deception, that sounds interesting. Cell phones and the dark deception. Uh, this book, once and for all, puts to rest the controversy about cell phones and their associated dangers and helps the reader understand why there are so many contradicting reports and why we aren't being informed of the cold, hard facts. The adverse impacts that cell phone radiation has on the human body and how it interferes with the normal, healthy functioning of each and every one of our major systems, the neurological system, the cardiovascular system, the reproductive system, the respiratory system, and others are all examined in great detail. That sounds good, too. Let's see. Oh, my God, there's so many books here. It's by, it's by Dr. What? Its last name is, I think, Goldberg, M.D. Well, there's quite a few here. There's a bunch of stuff on magnets, cell phones, oh, power frequency, magnetic fields, power watch. Yeah, I got the power watch. That's really a good book too. It's from a group in England. Yeah, they did. They they were um they were ahead of us on this, I think. Oh yeah, and it tells it tells in there. I heard some people wanted to go to the UN. It tells how the UN, well, the Nuclear Atomic Association and another one are parts of the UN. When they made a, a report on radiation, um, the UN dropped a lot of the parts of the report. So. They are more business orientated than they would be for us, the UN. Right, right. <clears throat> Explains how microwave injury manifests as specific organ dysfunction, be it neurological, behavioral, immune, cancer, etc. The parallel and symmetrical rise of certain illnesses across broad geographic areas suggests a common force acting equally on all these regions. The graphs also demonstrate that it is the rate of increase, not the absolute number of cases in a given region that is important. It examines the common link between microwave radiation and seemingly unrelated illnesses. Well, we yep. knew that. Yeah, but the doctors don't know that. I gave her that book. What is, did she, is she reading it now? I don't know. I gave her... Uh, 
Last year for Christmas, I gave her Nick Begich's book, Controlling the Human Mind. Oh, good. Uh, and I gave her uh, guinea pigs and uh, radiation. And this, this uh, would you stick your head in the microwave? Look. Well, that was nice of you. I kind of don't uh, want to waste my money because half the time I think the doctors are mind controlled to not look at stuff. Or they've been pre-warned ahead of time and they always mention psychiatric issues if you bring it up no matter how um, cohesive or successful you are in delivering the message. It doesn't matter. Well, I simply, I simply stated I'd like to do a lot more activism, but I can't do it because of the condition. So uh, I certainly believe she had cancer. And they're in a big medical building with all the latest technology and stuff. I said, if anything, if you learn something for your children or your grandchildren, I'd be happy. Well, yeah, that's the whole purpose of this adventure is to learn. And I don't know, so much of it seems like it's done by design. I mean, they stopped measuring for radiation after Fukushima, like, six months afterwards or something. Didn't even bother to measure the radiation coming across the Pacific. They just stopped. I don't know. Maybe it was three months. I have no idea, but it wasn't very long. So it kind of seems deliberate to me if they're not really concerned about the radiation level that seems to me like it's deliberate. Otherwise, wouldn't they be concerned for our health and they're not? Hell no. Exactly. Well, if you know everything that's in the book, you know, that, you know, a lot of these people, to file for Social Security disability, but don't have a doctor's statement, what they could use is look up all the symptoms of electrical hypersensitivity, and there's a good possibility they can go get it by that diagnosis. Electrical hypersensitivity. Right. Electrical hypersensitivity. Yeah, that's kind of like what we have, but I think this is weaponized electrical stuff hitting, hitting us. I don't think it's regular stuff. It's, it's weaponized and, and tuned to our biocode and ours only, or our signatures and our ours only. Something that's ours, our EEG, or something that they can identify us, or the stuff they put in our food that makes us light up like a Christmas tree when they aim their junk at us. That could um, that could be why they're aiming it just at one person. But they can probably pinpoint a micron with this stuff. So I wouldn't, you know, be surprised if they could target just one person in a group. Does anybody? tried to go to when I went to to the airport to go somewhere when I was in the airport, I got absolutely nothing at all. So I was wondering if anyone else got respite in an airport, some kind of a relief being in an airport. should have asked Brian too that he's been in a lot of airports. 
I wonder if the airport radar system would would counteract what they would be hitting you with. Say that again. Pardon me. Could you say that again, please? I said I wonder if the airport radar system would be counteracting what they would be hitting you with. Good point. Good point. It might interfere with the airport's radar system, and therefore they don't hit you in the in the airport. That's a possibility. Yeah, yeah, good point. Is Sumaya still on the call? I'm here. Oh, I want to thank you, dear, because your spiritual message uh, yesterday was... Uh, it's wonderful. Oh, thank you, Mary. I'm glad you could join. Yes, so am I. I. A lot of times I forget, so thank you so much for the message. You're welcome. Did you record that, Sue? Did you record that yesterday? No, I just left it as an open Figure. discussion. No, it was, we had about, well, I'd say maybe six or seven people came and went. I checked today, but I didn't use the web controls I just you know I was just thinking would be nice to have a spontaneous conversation once in a while that was unscheduled and I just wanted to try you know without making you know worrying about mistakes and stuff and uh, it worked out fine and um, you know if I have anything scheduled they try to ruin it so I didn't want to have I didn't want to make a schedule thing out of it. But, um, yeah, it was good. And we, you know, some of the topics that we covered had to do with how do we maintain our focus uh, away from what their game is on us and things like that. What did you get, Mary? What was the message that you found most helpful? Um. We have to be reminded constantly to keep focused because there's so much distraction in this world that it sometimes it's very hard to keep the focus. And when you're getting burned and hit so hard all day long, it's, it's extremely hard to keep the focus your eyes on the prize, you know? That's right. And to remember, you know, very simply, that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience, not the other way around. I want to ask you, uh, JP from Ohio, is he a scientist? Um, I don't know. Uh I don't think so. I don't think so. Because I missed I don't, most, most of this conversation I missed. It was a lot, a lot was muffled. Yeah, his conversations are muffled because of his phone. And everybody reminds him he needs a new phone so he can get his message out because he does have information, but it's so hard to get through it. You're right. I told him he needs to get a new phone. Or yeah, just... Is he of Indian descent? 
from India, Pakistan, around in there? I don't really know uh, if he did. It, maybe he adopted that name. Um, I don't know his background. Sorry. Well, I I just asked because when I was working, I worked next to a um, a man who was from I think Pakistan, huh? and they. They talk different. It was very hard for me to understand him way back then. I don't know why I have a hard time understanding them. Was that the accent, you mean? Pardon me? The accent? It could be the, could be the accent, and sometimes they run their words into each other, and there's there's no break. <laughs> I just... It's just like when... <laughs> you had on your call from yeah. Indian. Yeah, he, yeah, his uh, speaker is very, very hard to hear what he's saying. And yeah. um, he keeps trying to talk louder, and it's just muffled, 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 muffled. Yeah, every once in a while, he gets it right where you can hear what he's talking about. Yeah. And then yeah. it goes back to... It's just so like... That. I know. Well, he's just like with this technology, when you get somebody that just rambles on and on and on and not a break, uh, it's not clear, you miss half the speech. Yeah, he um, has a habit of doing that. He kind of keeps talking, and you have to stop him every now and then and say, I can't understand you, and then he'll try to speak louder, and that'll last about a minute and a half to two minutes. And yeah, then it gets yeah. to be, the signal may be degraded, I don't know. Well, he says his phone is de- he says his phone is degraded from the targeting, and which is very likely. But every once in a while, I, and I know, and that's another reason why I didn't want to record because I didn't want to have long stretches of time where it was just you know noise or something, that not not really recording clearly. So I, I didn't record. Very very smart person. I I. Uh huh. I would like to hear what he really has to say. He's very smart and intelligent. I asked mm-hmm. that because he said he attended the scientific convention. That's the reason I asked, is he a scientist? Is he a teacher or anybody know? I don't know enough about his background. Um, I couldn't say. Okay. Okay. So I wanted to know. Yeah. I've him hours. I've talked to him for like five straight hours before. I never did find out what he did before. I never asked, I guess, what he, yeah. what he did living. But, yeah, he does have, seem to have a lot of knowledge above and beyond the average person, um, like almost like doctor knowledge in a way, because I mentioned to him I was taking a certain number of vitamin C a day, and he said, oh, that's enough to cure cancer. I said, Really? You know that, and uh, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know where he's educated or where he comes from, but he is real bright. It's just hard to yeah. hear. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And we had... Yeah, uh, I would have known your call was on. It would have gone on there, but I completely forgot about it. No, that's fine. I mean, you're busy anyway, you know. We'll do it again. I was home on a call. I just didn't know your call was on. 
Oh, uh, well, I texted you, and then Benjamin came on for a little while, and I figured you must have te- you must have forwarded it to him. No, I didn't, and I didn't get the text. Really? Let me check. I texted about eight people. It was about 5.30 yesterday. Yeah, and I always have to remember that there's three hours difference between Arizona, California, and Michigan. That's why I missed it, because it's... Your time is 6 o'clock, but our time is 9. Okay, until daylight savings time, yeah. That's why I say Pacific time on there. Yeah. So you can make the adjustment in your head. Because I don't know everybody's time zone. So I'm wondering how Benjamin got that, unless he just came on from, you know, automatically. But he didn't stay on very long. He was, like, a few minutes, and he didn't feel like talking, I guess. Maybe. You sure you didn't forward that? Benjamin's going through some rough times, too, I think. Yeah. He sounded like it. Yeah. Well, I know I, text, I know I sent you one, Karen. It was about 5.30 yesterday. And I could do yeah, it said something like, do you want to have a spiritual talk or something? I just uh-huh. saw it just now. I'm sorry yeah. I missed it. That's fine. I don't fine. know what I was doing. I was probably in the shower. That's fine. So, um... Anyway, are you all still there? I'm here. I'm just, I'm just thinking of what would be good to talk about. Has that, anybody noticed their targeting, like, getting increased or decreased this month? Pretty much just keeps on plodding along with me. It goes from one thing to the next to the next to the next. Yeah, anybody else? There's one thing that goes up, it starts somewhere else. Yeah, well, Don from Oregon said his got worse the two weeks, last two weeks. Mine got oh. worse over the last three weeks. Sorry. There was a lady on Derek's call who said hers got a lot worse, but I don't know her personally. I didn't know if it related to the Jade Helm thing or if it was just something that we were doing and something that we were researching they didn't like. How they choose, I don't know. How they choose some people and not others. 
they ramp it up on some and ramp it down on others and yeah it's a what, chaos. And, what about the other people on your call? Any opinions over there? Let's see. Mary from Michigan and there's um East Virginia and there's um Oregon who's needed. There you go, Oregon. Have you had any Hi, change? Hi, Karen. How are you? It's Amy from Hi. Oregon. How are hey. you, Amy? I'm pretty good, Karen. Um, hi, hi, Sue. How are you doing? I'm glad to hear that you're on the calls again. I know you were hit hard uh, a yes. couple of weeks back. It's yeah, good to hear yeah. you again. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Wow. You know, I just was thinking about what happened to you. I'm really sorry. Um, that's rough. Um, yeah, um, I, I, maybe I haven't been around long enough to get hit this, uh, the way you get hit. Uh, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it as the time goes on and tell you. I, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know what's in store for me, you know. And, uh, I just, um, pray a lot and, um, you know, I, uh, do my best to, to, uh, be, be joyful every day and, um, you know, and to laugh. And um, you know, and to just 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 go on in my life, you know. And I, I I'm not in control of of what they do or what, what the perps do. So, um, but uh, I I know I know it's not good mentally to compare myself to, to compare my my uh, my um, my targeting to other people's targeting because it's all different. And uh, if I do that, I can drive myself crazy. So I'm not gonna. I don't like to go there, you know, so I don't like to go there. I see. Well, how long do you know how long you've been in the program? Um, For 11 years, but it started out with just, um, you know, uh, gang stalking and, and breaking and entering and, um, right. you know, and all that stuff. And um, and following me wherever I went, I moved multiple times and I was still so often and all that and and at my place but my my RV was broken into of course you know and um I just you know street theater and um you know and all that and all that sick stuff uh and then for the last year and a half it's been electronic so um you know so and and I you know I read John Hall's book his first book uh, like three years ago I, I can't recall the name of it right now but it's the one that's for guinea pigs I also yeah. read guinea pigs and in there he talks about you know all this electronic harassment and I, to me I wasn't getting it I was or I wasn't aware of it because it was very very subtle and and, and they didn't let, make me aware of it that I was receiving it. And I thought it was crazy. I said, what is this stuff, you know? And then, lo and behold, it happens to me, you know, like a year later. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, even if you, I think I think there's other people around probably, too, that are just being gangstalked and harassed that way and surveilled, and um, they don't quite get it until the electronics hit them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um I think it's a hard one to to wrap your head around until it happens to you, and then you then you have to learn how to wrap your head around it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what yeah. they do is they usually amp up like they see what you they'll spend the first few years testing your tolerance levels um, in all the different departments. You know, they'll test your chem, chemical tolerance, your pain tolerance, your you know perceptiveness, your defense mechanisms and 
under distress, um, they'll test every area, right? And then they'll see yeah. where your vulnerabilities are. Uh huh. And then they amp it up to see can we stretch the tolerance or can we break her, you know? Oh, yeah, well, it doesn't sound like anything anyone really wants to look forward to, does Oh, I know. <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> no, 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 it's totally cool. I mean, you're being, you're being honest. I, I appreciate that so much. I'd rather you do that than not do that, actually. Even if, if it's I had, harsh. I yeah. wish I had some forewarning. I had no forewarning, so when I can, I can tell new people, you know, this is, Start getting your weapons ready or your defenses ready. Yeah, I know, I know that 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 time will come too. That I'll be really um, heavy into the web, uh, into the um, into the shielding. I know yeah. that. Yeah, uh, it's, not, it's not. Yeah, it's not here right now, but I'm sure. Well, I don't know if I'm sure, but probably will happen. You know, and, and I also I'm also really uh, skeptical. And uh, about apartments, um, you know, the stacks, the stacked apartments. Just carrying. You, you made that comment the other night about the apartments how they're stacked and they're close I together and all that. Stack, I call them the stack them and pack them unit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think those are kind of like not such good places to be if you could help it. I know a lot of us can't help it. We can't have places stand alone or something like houses or something like that. Or I know, I know most of us. Can't help where we live. It's how much we can afford, to, and you know how much money we have to live wherever we live. But but I think there's so there's so many opportunities for the perks to get at you when you're in an apartment because there's so much, so many appliances in there, and it's just 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 so many ways to get you electronically in an apartment. You know, there's just a lot of stuff going on in there. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that where you are? You live in an apartment now? No, right now I'm staying in a hotel. Um, oh. because my, my my mother's in town and um, we're staying in a hotel, but that's going to stop in a few days. I'm back to my little RV in a few days. Uh, and, oh, you're um, an RV Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got out. I got out of that apartment that I was in because it was really intense. Um, too much. Uh, they were using all these kind of weapons on me, and it was it was and what they were using was really really intense. That's why I slept in my car for ten weeks because like it was just. This is brutal. So I I broke my lease and I I'm out of there. Thank thank the goddess I'm out of there. And um, so I lived in my RV for a few weeks and then and my mother came to town. So I she can't fit in my RV. It's too small. So we're staying in a in a in a motel. Oh. And uh, yeah yeah. So but I'm getting hit. I'm getting hit here. I mean you know it's not it's not yeah. like the apartment where I was living. No way. I don't have people living next door to me. So it's it's way different. Right. You know. And there's um, probably more cameras. They probably have more cameras at the hotel that they have to work around. So. Oh yeah, there's a, oh yeah, there's definitely surveillance in here. I have no doubt about it. I mean, it's it's like that every place I go. I mean, you, yeah. I don't think you could really escape the surveillance because if you escape it when you check in, all you have to do is go out for lunch. When you come back, the cameras are in here. I mean, yeah. that's how it is. So. Um, Oh, what kind of RV do you have? I did uh, RVing for about five years. Oh, I have uh, I have a Bigfoot um, uh, truck camper that I have on my pickup truck, and I lived in that for eight years. Do you believe it? For eight years, I lived in wow. that. Yeah, that's because a long to me, time. Yeah, to yeah. me it was better than to, to me it was better than living in an apartment or renting a place. 
Uh, but if I knew what was going to happen when I did that, and lo and behold, it happened. So I just, uh, I'm really grateful I still have it, and um, I feel I feel much safer in there, much safer, even though the surveillance in there galore, I'm being watched in there, you know, I have no privacy, but still, it's better than an apartment building. It's better than an apartment. It's better than in a house because I have more control in there. If I want to get somebody in to, to do shielding, I can get somebody in. It's my place. If I want to put locks on my door, it's my decision. You know, no landlord can tell me I can't put locks on the door. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And also you can line, are you aluminum siding or are you uh, fiberglass? It's, fi- it's fiberglass. Yeah, it's okay. fiberglass. Yeah, because, you know, if you wanted to, as long as you have a truck, you can always upgrade and get, like, an aluminum siding, which would be almost like a Faraday cage. Really? Um, really? Yeah, think, think about it. I mean, if you need to, you can always upgrade to aluminum siding uh, yeah. and get, you know, a lot more shielding out of that. Because fiberglass is nice, but... Uh, for our situation, you know, any kind of metal is a better shield. Oh, okay. Um, and and uh, what kind of RV did you have when you had it? Well, I had a, a it was a called a Mini Winnie. It was a Winnebago. Um, it was twenty four feet plus a rack. Uh-huh. So I had twenty. I had twenty six feet. A coach uh-huh. motorhome, Class C motorhome. Oh, and wow! And I had me and my three pets took off out uh-huh. of North Carolina, and uh-huh. we camped all the way across the United States. Oh, good um, for you. Oh. I went, uh-huh, and I started out at the Atlantic Ocean. I went uh-huh. to the Pacific. In five years, I crossed 11 states. Oh, wow. What a trip. Wow, what a journey you had. Yeah, intense, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, doesn't, uh, it open, doesn't it open you, you up? to life more and to just, doesn't yeah. it kind of open, just, just broaden your horizon, just to, I mean, have, the mere um, thing of traveling, isn't it like educate you, just to take everything in, isn't, isn't, it, isn't it really phenomenal traveling? Yeah, it's a, it was a very, it's a very mind-opening experience yeah. at the same time, and, uh, but see, I, if I was allowed to stay in my house, I probably wouldn't have had that. Like, I was going to stay and retire in my house, but got forced uh-huh. out. Yeah, so I me too. got catapulted into a traveling gypsy life. Yeah, uh, that's what happened but, to me. Yep. Yeah. So I did yeah. that for five years, and then I just got too exhausted, and uh-huh. I had I settled down and sold it two years ago. So I'm in a part right now. But, um. Yeah, 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 it's good. I I looked at a lot. I looked at a lot of rigs. <laughs> I yeah, looked at it a lot that of rigs. Way. Uh-huh. I befriended people who traveled on a bicycle with a knapsack all the way up yeah. to the quarter million dollar marble floor leather couch. People, yeah, yeah. You know, the, yeah, no. Yeah. 40-foot diesel pushers, you know. Yeah. With, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So everything in between, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, those, those things cost more than houses do. Some of them are, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know, they do. Like two hundred fifty thousand, a quarter of a million dollars. Some of those. Yeah, yeah, and that's a, and that's a cheap diesel pusher too. If you buy a brand new, if you buy a brand new. That's what I was going to say. If you bought it yeah. new and you had to get a mortgage, forget about it. 
But yeah. you can get you can get an RV pretty cheap. Um, you know, like for the price of a truck, if you can get a, an older one, you don't mind working on it. Some of them require a little, you know, upgrade or, you know. Do you know how to work on truck cars? Do you know how to work on trucks? Well, I did a lot of the repairs myself. Um, mm-hmm. Not not so much on the engine. My engine was fine the whole time. I only, mm-hmm. I only put, like, I think 20,000 miles on it altogether. But, um, mm. it was the, but you know, the maintenance, the ho- the housing maintenance, like I had to get a new auxiliary battery. Um, I backed into a fence one time and it split open the fiberglass I had to repair, you know. Uh, yeah, no, I, I've done that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it yeah. happens. It happens. Sometimes they give you these yeah. skinny spaces. It's like, yeah. here's five, 500 a month, but you get like a skinny space. It's like a parking lot. I know. Lot. I know. And it's a parking lot. It's a parking lot with a hose, you know. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so some of the – I did have a bad section in the back I had to fix. and uh, But I did it myself. I mean, you know. Wow, I'm it, impressed. It, it, you know, I have a lot of craft in my background, so uh-huh. I uh, got the right materials, um, glued it back together. <laughs> So it, was, it wasn't yeah. perfect. It wasn't perfect, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I think it's excellent to have those kind of skills if you're out on the road, you know, because if you have to pay someone to do all that, it's a fortune of money. It can add up, you know. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, that's the reason why I got a truck camper, because I thought it would be the easiest, you know. This, uh, you know it, it was the first um, RV I owned, and still is the only RV I ever owned. Uh, ever owned, uh-huh. and um, I, I thought it would be the easiest, but I found out some RV parks um, didn't want truck campers even in their parks for one night. I mean, they just had a um, a huge prejudice against truck campers. They thought they were like the rinky-dink ones from 25, 30 years ago, didn't have any bathrooms in them or anything like that. Right. So, do you, have a, do you have a commode? You have a commode and a refrigerator? Or, yeah, oh, yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah, I have a standalone shower. Even I have a oh, uh, wow. separate shower. Yeah, okay. uh, it's, it's called a dry bath, you know. And um, I have a, a microwave oven. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> and I have a stove and an oven, and I have air conditioning, and I have a, a generator built in. Yeah, okay. it, it came. It was on the lot like that. I bought it new, and that's how it came. So I bought it. And, yeah, um, that sounds that sounds really good. Um. So where do you think you're going to go next? Well, I'm sitting in the area because I, 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 I live in Portland. I have no intention. I live in Oregon. I have no intention of leaving Oregon. Um, I decided to stay here. I just I decided to stay here many many years ago. I've been here for many years already. Yeah. Um, and um, I just lived in, in you know different RV parks basically um, because I've been I've been targeted in every park I've been in. Um, you know, just about, um, and, um, there's, there's only one park here in the greater Portland area where I can stay that I ha- that I haven't really been targeted at, <laughs> and that was the one I just left a few weeks ago, and, um, that's about the, that's about the only one, all the others I was, you know, I, I got street theater, you know, um, you know, gas lighting, I got 
my RV got broken into. You know, they played with my um, the things outside my pickup truck and my truck camper. They they took took things off. They shouldn't have taken off. You know, just just a lot of stuff like that. And um, yeah. And and there was a park. There was a park around. Um, let's see, around four years ago, where they actually broke into my car. Um, you know, he broke it into where they didn't let you, you know, there was no proof of it. But they got into my car and they were taking things out and then a few days later they were putting things back in there again that, you know, they took out, stuff like that, you know. And then they actually, um, they actually um, scared me. I was so frightened that I went and I got a, um, a burglar alarm put in and I paid a lot of money for it and they were still getting in, and this is this is four years ago, so I didn't know I didn't know what I know now. You know, I wasn't getting hit with electronics four years ago. Yeah. And I think that's when it probably started, kind of started for me. Paul, I know they were mapping me for a couple of years. They were, you know, they were, you know, they were listening to what I, my thoughts for many years, and and, it, and they didn't let me know until, you know, about about a year ago or something, for all I know. It's very possible. Yeah. Happens, happens to a lot of us like that. Yeah. Um, but they, but they... But it was really frightening, and it was intense, and it was like very high, high terrorism. And um, I had to, I had to get get out of that park, and so I, I won't go back to that park again after what happened. You know, it was really uh, very frightening. Uh, but now, you know, that kind of stuff now wouldn't wouldn't really affect me the way it affected me then, because I kind of have a tolerance to it, and you know yeah. what I mean, where it would never trigger me off that way again. And I think that's right. what happens. I think as time time goes on, you just kind of build a tolerance to what's going on. It doesn't really phase you that much anymore. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. That's what I was explaining before, is that you learn how to cope, and then they do something different. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but um, I, um, but you, you sound like you take good care of yourself, you know, that you eat well and you exercise and you do spiritual practices and so, so, um, but yet, but yet you still get really affected really badly when they hit you, huh? It still really, they still really well, get you. Yeah, because I'm probably like, I'm probably on the, um, you know, death list at this point because I've, I learned too much. Um, I'm, they're still trying to control my mind, so they just go after my body instead. Um, they don't like that I know how to use the energy to heal. They don't want me to teach it to others. Um, they don't want me to remote view, which is something I've been doing for years. What's um, that? Remote what's that? viewing. Yeah, what's that? It's uh, it's the it's the military term for psychic reading. Okay. okay. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Okay, yeah. so you kinda so 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 what are you psychic reading then? What am I? Yeah. Well yeah. I'm trying yeah. not to. I'm trying not to. I mean Oh. And I don't want to say any more than I have to right now, otherwise I'll get okay. beat up. No, no, I don't want you I don't want you to say more than you have to. No, because no, I've already to... I've been to, I've been to underground military installations and back. And they don't really? want me to, yeah. Wow, wow. <laughs> and, they, and that's, you know, I'm I'm not saying that a lot. I don't say it very often. Okay, um, okay. I'm, I'm also doing readings on the people who are attacking me, and they don't want oh. me. Oh, uh-huh, I hear you. 
Yeah, well, you know, that's called cities, you know, like in, in, in yoga. And in Hinduism, that's called S-I-D-D-H-I. I know. Powers. Extraordinary powers, yeah. I know. Psychic powers. And quite a few people, there's people that have them, and... Mm-hmm. And God bless them. God bless those that have those powers that can actually counteract anything like this. God bless them. Yeah, well, that's what they want to get rid of. Anybody who's spiritual, anybody who is compassionate, anybody who cares about animals or old people or children, anybody who can help any of them. I mean, it's really dark, you know, what they're trying to do. Yeah, they don't like it. And I know what the cedars are. I studied all about that like thirty years ago, so I'm very familiar with that. Have you ever read the um, the Yoga Sutras? Do you read uh, Pantanjali, uh, his old old writings, or did you ever read the Upanishads? Uh, no, I, ha- I haven't read those books, but I, I, I'm aware of them. I'm, I'm aware of them. Um, I, I, I read um, um, Yogananda's um, um, autobiography. Um, uh-huh. yeah. You know, I, I read that, and uh, yeah. pretty much over the years, my um, my energy has gone towards Buddhism. But I was always yeah. attracted to it because of all the suffering. You know. Uh, that's yeah. that's what drew me to it because because they really focused on suffering and how not to have to have right. so much of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, that's right. So uh-huh. I like that's why I was so always so drawn to it. I and, like uh, I like Buddhism a lot too, especially Tibetan Buddhism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tibetan Buddhism. Yeah, I know it's really esoteric. Could be could be really esoteric. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of like Hinduism too. I mean, it's kind of like an offshoot. Of, of Hinduism, of advanced Hinduism, yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, uh, like in in um, in Bali, um, there's there's Balinese Hindus there, you know, and they um, and they do a lot of practicing, and um, you know that that book, um, I'm trying to remember her name, um, um, what's her name, Julie um, uh, um, Roberts. That's her name, um, Julie Roberts. I think the actress. So she was in the movie. At, um, oh, that, uh, a book yeah. was written about. Um, yeah, Eat Drink Pray. Yeah, Eat Yeah, yeah. Well, they show her in Valley. Yeah, yeah. They show her in Valley. She went to Valley because she went to answers in Valley, and she saw this this priest, this priest, the shaman, the shaman there, yeah. and he told her what her life would be like. Yeah. So you know, that's a really spiritual place. I wonder. I wonder if. If if us TIs went there, if we'd be stalked there, you know, like amongst the tribes, amongst all the shamans there, I wonder if we'd have protection from all these very very high frequencies there of love, and um, you know, I wonder if we'd be safer there. I, you I wonder. Check it, it out. Check it out. And yeah. Give us a call. Yeah. <laughs> check it out. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. You can't take yeah. your truck. Well, maybe you could get your truck on a. Um, one of those big liners, you know, ocean. Nah, liners. nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take. I wouldn't take my truck with me to Valley. Yeah, just <laughs> fly over there and just get a little <laughs> junker car. You know, yeah, and a bicycle and a knapsack. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you should 
you if you check it out, let me know. I'd like to hear about it. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be checking out anytime soon. A friend of mine asked me if I wanted to go to, to a friend of mine asked me a few weeks ago if I wanted to go with her to uh, India and Tibet and um and and wait in India, um Thailand and Nepal. And I said, when are you when are you planning on doing this? She she doesn't know what she's planning on doing. And I said, well, let me know when you're planning on it. See, I'll see. Maybe I can go with with you. <laughs> So she said, what about your dog? I said, well, for something like this, I'd find someone who I trust to, to watch my dog. I, I'd work on it for a long time and find the right person to watch my dog for some, some kind of trip like this, you know. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. but I, I don't think India or Thailand are going to be any better because they have yeah. technology too, and I think they're targeting their own people also. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah, I, I like to, I like to research family and just kind of kind of Google, you know, you know, um, um, getting targeted in Bali or something. I I, I want to do it now and see what what comes up there. Yeah, um, okay. There's, a, there's that website Gopher. Um, I'm trying to remember uh, Little Gopher or something like that. Or um, Gopher. I wrote it down. Yeah. yeah, something like that, and it, it brings up. Um, more, more veritable websites that are, that are more truth telling than Google. Even, okay. you know, they don't really block things out. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Where do you live in Arizona? Okay. Uh, well, without getting too specific, I'm in the north central area. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's. Good. Okay. It's, it's good it's, it's for not If you if you get too cold up there, you should come down. You know, can't when you're camping. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I don't think I'm going anywhere. To tell you the truth, I have not. Like, um, according to my astrology chart, you know, to to the to the dashes, to the time periods and stuff, I'm supposed to be settled in now, and I feel like that. I feel like I'm settled. I may not be settled in a place per se, but um. Settled in Oregon, you know what I mean. Like I don't want to. I have. I okay. don't think about leaving Oregon. Oh, do so, you know I read charts? Tell me what your rising sign is. Oh, do you know your ri- yeah, rising. I, I I studied Vedic astrology. Okay, is that what you studied? Well, I, I know Western. You? No Western. Oh, um, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. My rising sign is Scorpio. Scorpio, in the Western yeah. astrology. It's Sag. Huh? In, in Western, it's Sag. It's, yeah, that it's was different. It, it's different in in in, in the Vedic system. It's, I know, but in Western, just tell me Western. I don't know the Vedic one. Uh, oh, oh, in Western, I'm Sagittarius. My rising Sagittarius. Sag rising. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So just off the top of my head, um, hmm. Well, then you would have Neptune in your third house and Uranus in the fourth at this time. Uh huh. And that would mean that there's change, there's changeability in your environment. That's um, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because even if you don't, if you don't make long trips, you're still going to make short ones. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you That's don't have true. to go all over the world to make a changeable environment. Just yeah. pecking up and moving uh, will do that. Yeah, and, that's what I'm doing lately is moving around here. That's, that's what I've been doing lately. So, 
Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking where Pluto is. Pluto is going, without knowing the exact degree of your second house, Pluto in your second house is going to help you with money. You're probably oh, going to Yeah, and if you'll probably be a good business person in the next few years. Oh, good, because I've been praying about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Pluto in the second house makes you a very powerful business person, like an entrepreneur. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow. just, I'm just talking about transits now. I'm not talking about your birth chart. I'm just talking about Yeah, transits. yeah, tra- the transits. Yeah, the transits. Uh-huh. And then um, uh, let me think what else, the more powerful planets you want to know about. Well, Saturn is still in Scorpio at 28 degrees. I so know. I know. <laughs> yeah. So that's really that's, hard. Yeah. It's I, hard. I know. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is difficult. I, I I was born with Saturn in my first house. Oh, you did. Oh, do you have arthritis or anything? No, no, I don't. Uh, I don't. Nothing really noticeable. Nothing really major. Okay, I'm sure I have so a little bit of it, but nothing really. You know, nothing. No bone about. or teeth. Bone or teeth problems. I have teeth problems. Oh yeah. See, Saturn does that to you. Okay. Yeah, Saturn. Saturn is. Uh, is is a masterful teacher. I mean, there's, oh, there's, there's, there's nothing you can Past get away master. with with Saturn, huh? Past master. Yep. There's nothing you can get away with with Saturn. Yeah. You have to really you have to dot your eyes and cross your T's and pray along with it mm. with Saturn. Um. Yeah. So you had Saturn in Sagittarius when you were born? No, I, no. Well, I'm, I'm talking about Vedic. Um. I, I, and oh, Scorpio. And in Scorpio, yeah. So I I had it I had yeah. In yeah, the Vedic uh, system, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know the Western system. I just went I uh, went I studied right right in the uh in the Vedic system. I never learned the Western system. Okay. So Yeah, they are very different. Um, but I I really can only relate to the Western one. Um Yeah. Many yeah. many layers of it though, you know. The natal transit, solar returns, progressed, lunar progressions. Um, yeah, there's lots of charts you can draw for that. Yeah, I have uh, I have a software program here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but but I wouldn't ask you for your for your birth date right now on the phone. I don't know. I think it's no. kind of personal. I, I don't. Do that. Um, yeah. It's kind of personal. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I can maybe I can have a conversation with you on the phone. Can yeah, I can I get your number? Can I get your number from Karen? Yeah, well, I I'll give you my Google voicemail, and uh, oh. you can leave me a message or a text to me, and it goes through that, and uh, and then we can talk privately sometime. Okay. Um. So um. So if I'm calling, if, if I'm calling your Google voicemail, can I call from my my cell phone? You can call from any regular phone if you oh, want. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me. It's five seven five. Okay. Four two five. Uh huh. O seven seven O. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's cool. the number I give. That's the number I give out for readings, uh, for chart readings or for intuitive healings and things like that. The same number I give yeah. out. Yeah, I can. I can. Um give you some information um from the data perspective if you're open to it i can i can oh, after yeah. i get 
some data from you. I can I can look in, into your chart. Yeah, I, I would like to do that if you if you. Yeah, oh, good. Okay. I had a Vedic report done back maybe ten or fifteen years ago, and the thing I didn't like <laughs> was the Saturn. It was like it goes by who's ruling, you know, what planet is ruling you for like several years in a row, <clears throat> something like that. What is mm-hmm. that called? The joytish. Was it joytish? Um, um, uh, um, are, we, are you talking about return? You're talking about return? Something no, when something was returned? Not at all. Um, it had to do with a joytish reading. It had to do with the. Joseph's reading. Okay, Joseph's reading. Okay. Yeah, and it was uh, something about the the dominant planet um, influence, and uh, oh. I had mm-hmm. Venus ruling ruling my chart for many years, and then Saturn came in. So I guess I'm I'm in that. Plus, we're in the Kali Yuga era, so everybody right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Is that Kumar? I think I just heard Kumar's voice. What? Maybe not. Yeah, so the Kali Yuga lasts how long? Like a thousand years or something? Yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> I'm not looking yep. forward to that. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I used to go. I used to go to conferences. Uh, I used to go to, to Arizona for quite a few conferences. Uh, they were primarily in, in Arizona when I used to go. Uh huh. I um. I remember did going you, to to Sedona and to Phoenix. I was just gonna say, did you go to Sedona yet? Because uh, that's yeah. only like it's only like two hours away. Yeah, I went to Sedona a couple of times for conferences. When I used to go to the con- when I was studying, and I used to go to all the conferences for many years. And uh, I, I met so many great people at the conferences. I met a a a, um, a person that I dated for a long time that we're still friends now. I mean, it was just wonderful. Yeah. So, um, you know, you meet you meet. I just had really good luck at the conference, conference meeting. Really nice people. Yeah. They probably plan those by by doing uh you know horary uh reading a horary chart for that. They probably plan the conferences around good socialization. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were like twice a year or something like that. And um and and my and my personal teacher, she used to teach there at the conferences. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, so it was just uh, I got to see her and and all That's all that. What's the personal teacher? Huh? What was the personal teacher? What? Was your, I'm sorry. He want, I, I, I want to know who is your personal teacher. Oh, who, who's this? Talking? That was Virginia. That was Virginia talking. She asked what the person telling her. I don't want to tell her. Come on, Karen. Oh, come on. I just asked what the We're out here giving out our information. What? What's who? I said we're giving out our information. Okay, so she wants to know who was your teacher that you liked. Oh, oh, her, her name her name is 
Christina Collins. Oh, I think she's got the first one. I don't know what that meant. Well, from the Vedic point of view, when does the Kali Yuga end? Um, probably ends the same the same time. I don't think. Um, I'm not sure actually when it would end. Okay, that would be uh, interesting to find out if you could. Uh, yeah, yeah. It. Um. Yeah. Let me see. I'm looking it up to see when it when it ends. Okay. So let me see. Um, I'm just googling it basically, uh, trying to see what it says here about that. Yeah. I've got it. I've got some websites I could look it up, but I turned off my computer. Yeah, it 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 says there's um this cycle of four four yugas. So there's four yugas. I don't know. And the cycles are um twenty twenty five thousand nine hundred twenty years to complete one full cycle. Oh my <laughs> god! I can't wait that long. Uh. <laughs> yeah. You know that's. that's that parallels the Mayan calendar, which goes to 26,000-year cycle. It's very similar. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, me and Sue, how are you doing tonight? Is that Don? Hi. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Don. Hi, Don. How are you? Okay, my voice is kind of going. They were hitting me pretty good this afternoon, but... I'm sorry. If somebody's making noise, could you mute yourself, please, whoever it is? Whoever's doing that. Okay, that's better. Go ahead, Don. Uh, Like I said, I've just been getting hit hit pretty good a a couple hours in a row, you know, as usual. Uh, But right around from about 3 to 5.30, they were pretty much shocking me pretty heavy. Yeah, Uh, sorry. It's hard. and then they do the thing with my head, you know, so it just itches like crazy, and I'm peeling my skin off, and it's just amazing. Oh. But, you know, we're all going through it, so <clears throat> it stopped, oh. though. You know, I get kind of angry about it, and then it seems like finally it stops. You know, I have to really get upset, and then they figure they accomplished their goal, and then oh. they stop, so. <clears throat> hey, but I have a question. I don't know if Karen's on or not, but, you know, I was re- I've been reading about Myron May, and I'm kind of st- studying because I am kind of have connect- connections to Tallahassee and Florida State. Um, he in this one article I was reading, they said that he had paid ninety dollars to be in this uh, targeting individual program. That's how they described it, and they they were trying to blame it and say, you know, these they were saying this this group needs to be investigated because if they're stealing money from people and getting them not to go take meds and everything, then maybe they're committing some kind of crime, which is kind of scary, you know, to see how they could twist it around like that. But it is kind of very typical of how the corporate media kind of plays us and I just wonder if you knew because you know I, I have not no one's ever asked me for any money for FFCHS maybe that's the international program but isn't it all volunteer the money that goes to if you want to donate you can but yeah it's totally volunteer you know they ask for $20 donation to join but it's not mandatory 
Okay. I thought okay. so, because they, they were just saying that this is in an article uh, from Tallahassee, and it was some kind of online news program, and they were saying that he paid $90, and they were trying to blame. They said they were they didn't know, even know the name of the group. They just said this targeted individual, individual group that was misleading him, and they were trying to blame this group for what he did instead of the people that are, you know, the perps. I'm sure it pushed him over the edge. Well, the more I read about Harp, the more I think this is Harp doing a lot of this. Makes sense. I mean, they can do anything with this beams of energy bouncing off of, they can aim it anywhere, and they are having mass mind control. We're witnessing it. So it's one of the things they were afraid would happen when this first started. Yeah, I just read the beginning of Nick Begich's book, Angels Don't Play This Harp. And I'll give you two reasons why I think you're right about it, because one is if I'm in the house and I go out outside or somewhere, it takes about three to five minutes, and then they seem like they locate me, and then it starts up kind of slowly with my feet. And if I stay in the same place, it keeps, it'll keeps it kind of keep building up and building up. I'll get more and more shocks. And then I notice if also if I'm sitting in one place, like working on the computer, they love my feet mostly. Uh, and they'll, um, but if I keep my feet moving, then it seems like it depletes the effect of their thing. And as soon as I slow my feet down, all of a sudden I start getting shocks again. So it really. Well, you know, that's a, that's really astute of you to notice that because I notice when I play tennis, which is constantly running around, it seems to break up a lot of whatever this is. Yeah. So that and that make and that and I know I. I think it was Robert Duncan or John Hall, one of them talked a little bit about that, it, you know, that somehow this thing has to find you. And so by moving, you can only temporarily delay it. But I, I tell you, I've done it so, I mean, I've done, I've experimented with this probably a hundred times or more. It definitely seems like um, being in motion takes up this, you know, whatever the scanning program or whatever it is they're using to, to find us and shock us. You know, that's how mine started, only they were beating me up, and I could move 10 feet in the room and avoid it at right. first. You know, and then they'd follow me all over the place, having fun with it. And then eventually, you know, I got it being cooked 24-7 and couldn't get out of the way. Yeah. So. That's not good. Um, and what I did notice, too, is that I, I used to be able to move, and it took a lot longer to find me. Now I'm finding it's a very it's a less... Time goes by before I start getting shocked again. So it's kind of unfortunate, but um, yeah. it seems like it must be coming from the cellular towers, and maybe they've got some people locally who are, you know, kind of watching you because, you know, obviously they can see you through the walls and everything. And, um, to yeah, where I think there are local people on the ground doing that, and it's worse when there's local people tracking you than when it's not, when they're not. And my, my perp was Raytheon who owned Harp. Turns out they own Harp. They bought it back in 96. My perp was a Raytheon employee, so that makes sense to me anyway, at least in my case, but it can cause all the rest of the symptoms too. Yeah, and it can destroy the blood-brain barrier I've been talking about, and they've been aiming low frequencies with their Harp machine for years and years and years. And they've been dumping uh, barium in the atmosphere and the ionosphere for years and years and years. Back in the 90s and 80s, they were doing that. Crazy. Yeah. holes in the ionosphere, everything else, experiments, you know. There were brief periods of time, you know, 30 minutes, where there was no big holes, like 30-mile holes in the ionosphere, allowing all kinds of gamma rays and stuff to come 
flying through, <clears throat> basically to protect us against, against photons and gamma rays. Yeah, and you don't hear much about that anymore, but I remember it was kind of big news for a while that they were talking about the holes, and they don't talk about it much anymore. And uh, then, and the other thing, too, is that it's kind of around the same time that we started hearing about, you know, massive amounts of dolphins beaching themselves on the on shores everywhere. You know, and the whales. Yeah, yeah, most of it was dolphins in the beginning, but now it is whales and other things. Um, but I remember well, in the beginning when we first heard about it, it was the dolphins, which are kind of like close kind of a close cousin to us in the water. Uh-huh. And, um, so it's kind of, uh, kind of really unbelievable. Yeah, well, they, they worked on sonar-type communications, so they screwed up their ability to locate things and fi- find a direction. So they ended up beached, I'm guessing. Or they tormented them because I saw a picture of little baby dolphins being pulled out of the water, all covered with little round brown burns, and they were squealing like little dogs or pigs or something that had been hurt. It broke my heart. It broke my heart. I couldn't stand looking at that. Yeah, and I thought, oh, my God, they're destroying the oceans, and they are. They're killing all the life just to test their shit and to do their shit. Excuse my French. I'm really angry about the ocean. It's really bad what they do to the wildlife. And also, you remember all the stories about um, cattle mutilations? Well, guess who did yeah. that? Yeah, you're right. We don't hear about that much aliens. anymore. It's not aliens. They're not coming. So, would it, mm-hmm. No, that show Ancient Aliens is designed to mislead people into thinking yeah. everything is aliens. I like watching it to look at stuff up close. But just replace the word aliens with military-industrial complex, and you have the answer when you watch that show. Right. This you, isn't somebody aliens. This is a military-industrial complex with their advanced weaponry, blah, 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 blah. Maybe those lights they have pictures of that are zipping around in the sky are also a product of heart because they can excite the electrons and protons and all that in the air, period, and create all kinds of phenomena. Uh-huh. So I wouldn't doubt that's a little heart magic trip. You know, I wouldn't yeah. doubt it because they're, they move too fast to be real objects moving through the air. They fly and, you, and make right degrees turns and are going uh, the speed of light, practically. And, you know, all the crop circles we used to hear about, we don't hear about that much, but about 10 to 15 years ago, it was all over the news and everywhere. And uh, yes. they, they kept saying, well, they couldn't they couldn't figure out how they were doing it. But, you know, obviously, if there's a harp weapon up there, it would be easy to draw circles. Well, they, actually, corn they actually got a video of the light, those orb things that dip around that go real fast of them coming down and flying over one of those um, uh, fields and leaving a magnificent crop circle behind. And so I would assume that's just the electromagnetics making those uh, circles, those lights in the sky that look like, you know, aliens. <laughs> there are no aliens, folks, as far as I'm concerned. I don't I, believe I, it. I, I think there are, um, you know, intelligent life out there, but you know what? They don't fly in spaceships. They don't. They don't. Um, if they're out there, they're just sitting out there watching. They're not um, little green men. They're not in spaceships. Way, they're way beyond that. It's just you know. So if we're anything you're seeing is government. It's not a. But I, but I don't. I wouldn't dismiss the fact that there's intelligent life out there. I hope. The more I learn, the more I don't believe it. So at first glance, yeah, I believed it for years. My whole life, I believed it. And then the more I study about the magnetosphere and how radioactive it is, blah, 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 and the radiation in the magnetosphere and ionosphere is what protects us. Um, and, but it also traps us in our own planetary environment. We can't really go through that. 
and they had one scientist do some studies on sending a rocket through the uh, magnetosphere, ionosphere, and he said in order to successfully get people through that, you'd have to make a rocket ship a football field long, and the walls would have to be made out of something like two foot thick or eight eight foot thick cast um, iron or metal uh, walls, solid metal walls to protect against blah 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 blah. And then you know that that was interesting that one scientist at least came up with that philosophy, but. No, Hmm? Well, as you say, and that brings up the moon landing thing, why, you know, at first they always make fun of people. Oh, you don't believe in the moon landing, and they just really ridicule you people. But, you know, once you kind of look into some of the questions people raise, they're pretty legitimate. That's one of them right there. You just said there's definitely some, a lot of um, suspicious things about that whole, you know. Well, exactly. And the big big scandal of it all is the money that we've been pouring into the quote-unquote space program for years. Where is it really gone? It's been funneled down a dark hole. Millions yeah. and billions, maybe trillions over the years have been funneled down a dark hole, and we know what that dark hole is, don't we? And I I, I think they can send probes out and things like that, some of that, but the man, the man ships, it's, like you said, it's kind of suspicious. Um, out beyond yes. our orbit, you know. Kind of, yeah. So I don't know. I'm not sure what to believe anymore, but I do believe the Van Allen belt is extremely radioactive and flying through it is not something they could do with a little tin can. Yeah, yeah they would have, they were flying they back have, in 1960. Yeah, they would have fried alive if they, if they actually did that. It seems to me it does make sense. Um, but, they, you did know. Not, they, they did a video where they interviewed the astronauts that were on the Apollo 1. They would not hold their hand on the Bible and swear they were on the moon. Every single one of them, all four of them, refused to do that. And they also said they couldn't remember seeing stars, which is bullshit. Because if you see pictures of space, the stars, oh, my God, the moon's huge right now. Hang on, i got to put myself on mute. Are you still there, Sky? Amy? Anybody? Hi, Don. Okay. Hi. You know, I, I was watching. I was watching a YouTube earlier today on on the Apollo, right? And um, on, on the Apollo, the, right. the spacecraft mm-hmm. that went to the moon, right? And yeah. um, um, Stanley Stanley um, Kubrick, right? He actually uh-huh. filmed. He filmed it. So it, uh, he filmed the hoax. Oh, really? He filmed the hoax. Uh-huh. Yeah. He he made production. Sure. And then he made a deal. He made a deal with Nixon. I think it was Nixon and Kissinger. He made a deal with all those guys that he would just keep everything hush hush. And years went by, and then finally something came out, and, and they were starting to talk in him. So he stayed in his house for the rest of his life with his family. He never left his house, and he died. He died wow. that way. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I got a book right now I just got that's uh, his, it's supposed to be his life story. I've been wanting to read it, and you just motivated me to start reading it tonight. But um, he, um, what I'm interested in, his movie Eyes Wide Shut, and there's a, I read some stuff online about it. Um, you know, he died during the filming of that movie, and um, the rumor was that he wanted to film, he had filmed the last scene, or he was going to film it. He might have already, and it was very different than the one they put in the movie, and that he wouldn't, he refused to change the end, and they were like pressuring him, saying, "You cannot reveal this part of the movie," which was probably pretty horrific. The whole thing's pretty horrific, but that last scene 
that he wanted, they wouldn't put it in. And so if you look at that movie, and I have a copy of it if you want to borrow it, um, they, um, they, in the last scene, it's just, you can tell it's so contrived, it's so phony when Nicole Timer sitting there going, you know, they're making this promise to each other, like, oh, we'll never do that again. We'll be, oh, we're going to be good little mama, you know, husband and wife. And it's just such bull crap compared to the rest of the movie, how these guys are out killing people, like the piano player. And, um, I'm sorry? No, no, it's okay. My mother, my mother just said something to me. It's okay. Okay. So, so, um, yeah. so I don't know if you knew that at the end of that movie, they, um, that he, they, uh, he died during the movie, and that that last scene where Tom and Nicole are sitting on the bed, and you know, apologizing to each other and promising to be good husband and wife is just, I mean, even if you watch it, it's just real. You, you know, you can tell they're just phony. It, it, I mean, it doesn't even fit the rest of the movie. And um, yeah. So that's very interesting. You told me that. I want to. I'm gonna really get on that. Yeah, how do you call it? There's a few YouTube's on it. Um, there's quite a few YouTube's about it. Wait, I want to ask Don a question. So, Don, how did it purportedly actually end? You know, they do don't. Not? I don't know. I have no idea. That was the point. Was that they were not. Um, that they. I don't know that. It, I mean, I'm sure somebody out there knows, but. You know, I I couldn't find it. The only thing I found was the fact that he had filmed the ending of the movie, and it was very different than. And it, you know, it's all about the billionaires and their, you know, their, um, you know, That's perverse lifestyle. Yeah, and they're just, you know, that they have no morals and they'll kill anybody who gets in their way. And so maybe that was. Maybe yeah, it was did you ever read about the Hellfire Club back in World War Two? Uh, it sounds familiar, but I've never heard that. Well, look it up and read about it. It was a group of really rich, uh, perverted dudes that <clears throat> had their own airplanes in World War II, their own whatever. Or I think it was World War II. Yeah, with, with the Germans. And um, Dresden, they um, firebombed Dre- the town square of Dresden, which was an incredibly important, valuable city that had tons of historical artifacts in museums. And what had happened was the Germans put their allied prisoners in the um, town square thinking, well, they'll never bomb us with our, their own people in the town square. And these rich bastards got in their planes and firebombed 10,000 allied prisoners, men, women, and children. Wow. Just for shits and giggles. They go home at night, they debauch, they drink, they go out in the day and they bomb and they kill. I mean, just senseless killing, you know. So that's the kind of people we're dealing with here. And it was the, no fi- the fire club, you said? The Hell Fire Club. Okay. Yeah, they were the group of the rich and corrupt that were having a good time with World War II and doing their own killing. Yeah, they're, you know, I mean, the I mean, the whole point of the, I mean, the World War II is just, there's lots of really dirty stuff. It's more, there was some stuff that came out a, week, a couple of weeks ago about the British and just the kind of the betrayals and the backstabbing that went on and, that it was really um, that the whole thing may have been contrived from the beginning. You know, yeah, I believe I read an article where every they explained how every single war we've ever been in was contrived, and they explained exactly how they were contrived. It was yeah. this very interesting article. I read it about a year and a half, a year ago or something. So I didn't really keep track of, keep track of it. It's sixty-seven. It's just a penny. I don't like that number. Okay. <clears throat> Hang on. Yeah, and like the Lusitania, that's a good example of it because um, you know here's a, a, a you know passenger um, um, you know steamer and loaded with um, you know 
military equipment, and the people on it didn't know, and, and it was blown right out of the water. Uh, which which steamer was that? Are you the talking Lusitania, about the Lusitania? Yeah, right, I, I guess that, right. that might have been World War One. I, I guess I'm not positive, but I think yeah, it was actually. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of those things were um, a lot of the stuff was precipitated by those that make money off of both sides of every war, yeah. and they would send they would hire the provocateurs or set up the provocateurish situation, and they would you know pay for it and endorse it yeah. so that. War would break out and make it on both sides and make gobs of money, gobs and gobs. Yep, yeah. The, I just read a book on Korea, the Korean War, same thing. We know about Vietnam, the Gulf of Tonkin, and it's just on and on and on. You know that that these you know billionaires and trillionaires basically are playing us all like little puppets and tin soldiers, and you know just massacring everybody on earth just to keep their power. Yeah, it's pretty scary stuff. It's pretty dark. The more you look into it, the darker it gets. And it really ties into what they're doing to us. It's this whole program here, I mean, it makes sense. They have no, absolutely no compassion for any human that's, I, know, Well, be, judging by the Raytheon employee I've been exposed to over the last <clears throat> eight years. A whole bunch, please, smile. Anyway, they, um, they're they goofed up far worse than anyone of us is goofed up. I'll be honest with you. They are very goofed. This guy is so goofed up. I mean, hang on a minute. I asked. Hey, Amy, are you still on? Oh. Amy, are you there? I was just going to ask her if she saw the thing about the guys hanging Did you see that today about the guys hanging off the bridge up here in Portland? No. What did they do? Yeah, yeah she... I'm here. I'm here. I just don't did want you... any noise coming through the line, so I sure. mute myself. Oh, good. Hey, did I'm you, here. Did you catch that today? The, the people were hanging off the bridge here to block the the shell boat, the, the icebreaker. Yeah. It's pretty what amazing. Yeah, I saw it on the paper here. Um, I guess the, they just the started arresting yeah, they've been arresting them all afternoon now, but it's taken quite a while. Last I heard, they had about half of them under arrest already. Pretty amazing they were willing to go and hang off the bridge like that just to, um, you know, I mean, because if they fell, they'd be pretty much toast, I think. And I know. It's like one of those things that you do when you're, when you're a mountain climber, when you're a mountaineer, you just hang off the mountain like that, you know. It yeah, takes some kind what, of what skills to protesting? do that. Don, what were they protesting? Uh, well, the shell, you know about the shells drilling in the Arctic that Obama had, had given them permission to go up there and drill. Right. Which is, which is amazing because they said there's only, there's a 75% chance they're going to have an accident. And if they do, and one of these things break down there, they said they don't have the technology to stop it from leaking. It's going to destroy, destroy everything and up there. the water is cold, it won't dissipate. It takes forever for it to go away when the water's cold. They've had a spill yeah. in the Arctic before, and it, it took forever. I'm not sure if it ever got cleaned up. Yeah, yeah, they never, that was just a spill of a boat. This is now they're going to drill down just like the golf. They're going to drill down in there and um, they said once if it pops or breaks or anything, it will, there's, they can't even, they don't have the way to get down there and stop it. Not like the golf. They at least had a sort of a way to fix it. Even that's questionable, but, you know, they were at least able to, to stop it, mostly. Um, but this up there, so anyway, those get, a bunch of these people were protesting. They had, um, this one of the icebreakers came here to Portland to fix a hole in their boat, and then they were going to head back up. And then these people had set up uh, platforms down below this bridge, hanging off there, 
and but it blocked the boat, and then they had kayakers in the water. about five of them. They were out there, um, keep you know, go, going back in front, of, and the and the icebreaker came up to them, and it kind of stopped. I guess it was a, kind of a, sh- a showdown, and then it it turned around and went back to port, and then the police went out there this afternoon. They've been arresting uh, all the people, who were, uh, you know, blocking the boat. So I don't know if they finished, but I'm sure they'll have it ready by the morning to do. You know, but it's pretty courageous for people like that to to really, you know, try to make a point because it's just so ridiculous. They would, you know, they were saying that the wa- they're going to go up there and drill for oil, but it's going to take 20 years for that oil to get to the market, 15 to 20 years before they can actually use it anywhere. So it's like, well, you know, just, we should be on, you know, we should be focusing on wind and solar and geo. Uh, they're, they're in a hurry to destroy our environment. It's all planned. It's by by design. This is happening, and that's why they keep giving them the okay to do stuff because it's part of the elite's plan to yeah. wipe out the population. Yeah, yeah it really they seems just, like it, doesn't it? Well, yeah, if they destroy the ocean, then you have a definite famine. Yeah, because even them pushing us on all these GMOs on us, maybe they know that. I mean, that you know, I mean, they can pretend it's like, oh, it's good for us, but it's obviously not that good, and they don't even know for sure. They're going to take our right away to stop them from doing it. And it's just amazing to see this level of corruption going on. And I, I have no doubt that's why I'm a target, because I've just been talking about it for 20, 30 years, you know, 25 years now. And I, most, I, you know, people, most people cover their eyes, ears, and mouth when it comes to this stuff. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to hear about it. No. Yeah, no, they're, they're really, it's really amazing, the level of kind of willful ignorance. I mean, people are just... They want to just have fun. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people I, 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 you know, there was a time I used to read the personals because <laughs> I was just kind of, but I was just kind of amazed at some of the stuff I'd read. But one thing I always read is, um, you know, and I don't know, maybe men write this too, but women would always write in there. They'd say, um, I want to, I want to find somebody to make me laugh. <laughs> and I was just like, it's just so amazing that that's like their one of their first things are, you know, having money, obviously, but. Um, they want to find someone to make them laugh. And I'm thinking, like, wow, that's so amazing. That's your priority. And that it really is kind of describes the whole population. People want to be entertained. And they really don't want to work too much and think too much. And that's what we've become into, a kind of a whole nation of, um, you know, and I think a lot of TIs probably, you know, in fact, I've heard people admit it. They say this is what they were like, too. They um, decided that they, um, and then once they became a TI, your eyes open up and you go, wow, man. And once you figure out who's doing it, and you start thinking about why they're doing it, you just lose faith in everything, and it really enlightens you to see how people are who aren't, who don't care about none of, none of this stuff. And I'll kind of well, you've got to remember, a lot of this technology is being compartmentalized. So a lot of the subcontractors, and contractors working on it don't necessarily see the big picture. Yeah, I'm sure there's, I'm sure we yeah, because if you're a biotech freak, you know, and you're, you just want to make money and you got your own little device, and you may not know how that's going to fit into or be misused by somebody else. You, you don't even care. You know, I know a lot of, uh, I, you know, I was, I was in the master's program in computer science for a little while. And when I went to one year and, um, I was kind of amazed that people were really, uh, programmers were kind of real, 
antisocial people. Not like people. They didn't want to talk to people. Um, I read a lot of their, you know, they, you'd have to write a lot. Of, when you program, you write in little descriptions in between things. And it was amazing how people were just totally incapable of describing what they're able to do. And I remember my professor was talking about She thought, because she said, wow, this really, I said, she goes, you're really one of the few people who are, who describe your, you know, your your code in a way that's understandable. Because she was just, you know, giving me some examples. We talked about it in class, too. And it's just amazing how um, how many people who are into those techni- technical fields are very antisocial. They're not, they're not able to explain themselves. Uh, they don't have no desire for anybody to know, and they're kind of arrogant, too, about what they do know. Uh, pro, you know, and I'm only talking mostly about programmers because that's what I know. Um, a lot of them are, um, they don't they don't want you to know what they know. They, It's real competitive. It's real secretive. It's kind of, and so I could see how those people would e- evolve into the scientists who go to biotech companies and then become kind of just greedy little selfish freaks, really, who uh, can't, you know, can't get along with anybody except they sit in their computer and their other electronic toys and, you know, do stuff like they're doing to us. That's exactly what I witnessed. That's exactly what I witnessed, that personality you're talking about right there. Go ahead, honey. Yeah, I was going to say that. Those are very. Those are all left brain activities, you know, logic, science, um, and uh, they're, but they're, you're describing a left brain dominant personality um, because the feeling nature and the artistic and creative are mostly right brain activities. So, so where's where your compassion, your empathy come from? Your, your right side. It would be. It would be on the feeling nature, mm-hmm, right side. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would think of myself as being. I'm very left brain. I love mathematics. I like science. I really enjoy a lot of that stuff. But I'm also very, you know, artistic. I'm playing 14 instruments. You know, I'm I like to write science fiction. And so I could see though people who don't have that. They only focus on one side of their brain. They, Mm -hmm. you know, they have no artistic abilities. They don't appreciate anybody. They're very critical of anyone who does anything artistic. And um, yeah. It's uh, too too bad, and they they're making money because their left side of the brain is probably pretty good at what they do, and unfortunately they're they're so they they get a reinforcement which is their money, and they just I don't know what happened to them if they never had the right side of their brain develop, or they're just kind of or, or don't care to to be you know I, I think could be the mind control too don't forget that probably affects them too yeah. Yeah, it could be. Well, education, our educational system is designed to be primarily left brain yeah, trained. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Yep. And yep. they usually, if they're going to cut the budget, they usually cut music, art, dance, um, social skills, recess, you know, anything that has to do with socializing or humanity uh, usually gets cut. And then... Uh, they yeah, so, focus on science, reading, writing, arithmetic, you know. Yeah, so they're they're trained from their, you know, we're trained in school because you look at this common core thing, it's all about taking tests, you know, and what, how do you take a test? Yeah. You just memorize some, some facts and um, you, don't, right. you may not know how to apply it, you don't know what it means, but you memorize them, take a test, and 
Well, it even starts earlier than that because when you're a child and they give you an IQ test to see how you rank, you know, how smart you are, the IQ test is already slanted to left brain activity. Yeah. So um, you might be a genius uh, composer, but it won't show up on your IQ test because they're only going to test for certain skills. Then they place you wherever they decide to place you, you know. You know what's hilarious is my daughter, who's ten times brighter than I am because her father is way smarter than me, um, and she's way smart, tested her IQ tested at 90. <laughs> when she was in, like, kindergarten, and I kept calling up saying, you know, you must have made a mistake or you got the wrong kid because this yeah. kid is extremely bright, you know. And, um, oh, no, it was some Chinese lady that, that um did the thing, and she argued with me that, no, that's what is the result, and blah, 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 and she wasn't going to change it. And I told one of our friends, who's an optometrist, and he just lost his eyesight. Yeah, you know, and I, I thought about it. I funniest thing he ever heard, because he knew my kid, and he thought he said, oh, obviously, that's just a mistake. He said, don't, don't worry about it. But I was afraid she would get placed her whole life with the dumb kids or something. It never happened. That's right. I took her out of the school. I took her out of the school system, and after sixth grade, it was so disgusting. The school system was just horrible. She brought home every the worst kids in the entire town as her best friend. Yeah, I've, done, you know, I've done two IQs my tests in the, in my life. In the first one, um, after I took it, I I, started, I was thinking about saying, you know, I said, wow, really, what they just tested was all these random facts. Basically, mostly it was. Um, to determine what I knew. And so after I took it, from that point on, I kept thinking about those questions. I, and so every time I kind of ran across something related to it, I was like trying to memorize the these kind of, you know, and a lot of them were just kind of nonsense facts, but they're just, you know, how big is the earth, you know, things like that. And just real kind of a lot of geometry and a lot of mathematical questions. And um, and then I went back and took it the second time, and I my score went up 30 points. <laughs> So, but yeah, I took the same SAT three times in a row because the, it turned out the first one wasn't ready by the time they wanted the results for the, you know. So I had to take it again. It was the same test. So before I took the third time, I had to take it again because I kept applying for nursing college and I didn't have the results of the first or the second one. So by the third time I took the SATs, I ended up in the top 1% in the nation in English and the top 2% in math only because I'd gone home and looked up the answers. Yeah. And sure enough, they gave me the same test the third time, and I looked like a genius, you know, yeah, but so I wasn't. And how does that happen? I mean, you, you I said, don't know. I thought it was bizarre at the time, but now that I know I'm a target, I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe it was contrived, but why would they contrive to do something that makes me look better? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's, they used it's, to contrive to make you look dumber, not yeah. smarter. Uh, the, and the point is, the all these tests, are just um, really they're designed to make somebody money. Companies who are investing in it, it's you know politicians who have friends and I'm every sure a lot of it is about money. The inoculations yeah. they say for every new thing they add to the inoculations, like our little babies today get like 15 different things in their inoculations. We used to get three. You know, in my, my era, we got three things to be inoculated with. No, they keep adding every year a new inoculation for this, 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 and this. And for everything they add, every single thing, it represents a billion dollars in their pockets. Everything we do in this country is for money. Yeah. 
look at and look at the textbooks as a good example because uh, the, te- the textbooks tonight are, today are really disgraceful in terms of history and what they you know it's really selective what they pick and choose to teach people through the textbooks and then they they have set up so they force almost every juris- every district to buy the same books and um you know, it's and they put out a new edition every other year, and they have to pay for a whole new lot of books because they change ten words in the book. Yeah, well, you, you know, that's if you're how in, they make the money. Hmm? Well, yeah, and if you're in college, they change it every year. I mean, each yeah. sem- I mean, they'll every fall there'll be a new edition of the book, and like you said, there's one paragraph different, but they, you know, tell the students, you know, most of them have, and most of them will buy the brand new book so they don't realize. That they could buy the old book and it really isn't any different. Yeah, I started catching on in college and I started buying used books because I realized what they were doing, you know. I said, well, this is close enough. This is close enough. Yeah, plus the used books, they have uh, the person, you've already got people who have underlined things that are important, highlighted it, and everything. So it's, um, you know, buying new books is is silly. (laughs) Was that advantageous? Use a, a, a used book. Sometimes they've already done the work for you. You're right. Yeah, that's right. I think I think because I remember. I think my first semester I bought all brand new books, and then by the second semester I kind of figured it out. I said, you know, that one is some. I just wasted 150 dollars or something that I could have saved because the used books are usually about 25 percent compared to the full cost. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good deal. And, um, yeah, I got well, I was poor in college, so I said, the heck with this, I'm not buying a new edition. I'll buy last year's model and get it cheap. And it was always good enough, you know. It was never a big deal. And they were nursing books, just to show you how the nursing books were such useless pieces of garbage. It's very little actual information they transmitted via those books. Most of it was through what you learned by doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm a real, one of my um, uh, ideas, I have all these ideas how to transfer society into a better society, which is one, get rid of marriage. <laughs> That's one thing I really believe in. But um, the the second thing I think I was re- thinking about was, you know, there really needs to be one university for the whole country so that everybody attends the same school, but it's and 90% of the school is online. And because one is, there's just so much money wasted building these universities and the people go in debt forever to get to college. Now people are being totally blocked out of it because they can't afford to, you know, even to, you know, go that much in debt. And um, um, I, I'm, you know, I think the whole, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I guess, and the, and the one reason people would oppose it is because, and it's the stupidest reason, it's because of these uh, college football. You know, most you know sports, but mostly college football. I mean, it's, people are fanatics, especially like people who are alumni, and um, it's so, um, it's such a waste of money and time. And plus, you look at the Supreme Court, and they all come from Yale and Harvard, and it's like, wow, you got 200 law schools and but there's only two of them who can put anybody on the Supreme Court. And it's, um, so my thought is, you know, there ought to be just one university for everybody in the whole universe, in the whole country, and every gets a degree from the same institution, and you could do most of it at home, online, or at the library. And then maybe a 10% of it is kind of classes you could take at your local, at a community center, and 
you know, kind of things like that where you're doing interim work or things like that. So, um, so yeah. I think that's a great idea, but you know, they'll never do anything like that because they don't want any kind of equality. By design, things are unequal. Yeah, I mean, look at all these university presidents who are all way overpaid. You know, all the administrators, they're just out, you know, sipping tea and, um, you know, and, 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 you know, maybe some of them go in there with the right idea, but I'm sure you, it doesn't take long to get in the system and then you're, you just become another kind of a dweeb in the, in the, in the process. You're collecting a big fat paycheck to, um, you know, be the figurehead or whatever for the. You know, and then obviously the universities, they have a lot of lawyers and everybody, coaches, they're all making money on it, so. You know, my mom worked at a local college, a junior college, for 17 years as a secretary, and she said there was so much uh, dead weight at the top, it was ridiculous, making golf money. I mean, they made like 100000 a year back then, she yeah. said, at the top, and she'd find them in the kitchen baking cookies sometimes. Yeah. She said, we're paying $100,000 to bake cookies, really? So she found that there was a lot of um, kind of wasted money in these universities, big time heavy at the top. And it's, nice to have a, it's nice to have a good administration. I've worked in a hospital before that was run by doctors that was very well run, and they had really good administrators that were extremely helpful, and the place ran like clockwork. Then the HMOs came in and took over. They cut every single administrator, nursing and otherwise, and just had like one or two at the top, and it became a hellhole to work in, literally, just a hellhole, yeah. like a factory. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and hospitals, obviously, they're different schools, but um, what's funny about universities, the highest-paced person in most universities is a football coach. So it just tells you how, how ridiculous the whole thing is that, you know, somebody who's coaching a team, a bunch of kids play a game, a game in their spare time, supposedly, you know, obviously a lot well, of it's them. A, it's a big money maker, you know. If it's a big money maker, then they put a lot of money into it. I mean, that's the deal. And there's a huge amount of money in sports, right? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'll be confess, I'm, is like most people, especially young men, you pick your college based on how their sports teams are. <laughs> if you're a football yeah. fan, you go one place. If you're a basketball fan, you go. And to pick a school that doesn't have a program, you know, is pretty. That's why I ended up finally getting my degree. But I tell you, in the beginning, I, I, I wanted to go to Michigan State because they won the national basketball championship. You know, that's why kind of why I picked it. And then I dropped out. And then I picked another school that had a good football program. And I, like I said, I was at Florida State, and it was just. And I picked it because of the football program, <laughs> totally. So then I ended up going to Georgia State finally and got my degree, and they had no they had no football program then, but they do now, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, but at the time they had you know they had a basketball team, but it was like a, you know real, not even a you know it was kind of lower level. Um, but that was where I finally got you know, and that's really where I got. I had a, actually a couple of really good professors, and uh, got pretty lucky to. You know, just, and there's a couple of people that I realize now are were really very intelligent people at the time. I was kind of more right wing, and I didn't really agree with them a lot of stuff, you know. But I I listened, and then it took me about about ten years before I kind of said, "Wow, you know what? They were right, and I was not really I was being kind of played by the whole conservative, 
BS, you know. The whole thing is just, uh, you know, and I smoked sin. I wanted to make money. And I thought that was, uh, you know, at least there were, there were obviously people who were more interested in society and making a better culture and, and you know, being more inclusive and things like that. And it was, you know, but you're younger and you don't really think Karen, do you have a degree? Hello? Hello? Anybody on? Luke? Is anybody on? Hey, what is that? I say something about the slime nose you didn't like? What's going on?
somebody on here. Hello. Very strange. Okay. I don't know what happened to us. I'm bored, everybody. I went to sleep. Good night.
Hello?
Welcome to Verizon Wireless. The wireless customer you called is not available at this time. Please try your call again later. Announcement 1, switch 4, 1, 5, 2, dash 1. Welcome to Verizon Wireless. The wireless customer you called is not available at this time. Please try your call again later. Announcement 1, switch 4, 1, 5, 2, dash 1.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.